Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode eight, I can't believe it, of Lagaya Means Happiness. I can't believe that I've done seven already, and this is my eighth. Then again, I can't believe it, because it's actually a lot of work to do a podcast. You have to record and edit, and anyway, that's not what I'm here to talk to you guys about, but um, I am coming to you from my bedroom with a ton of energy, because today was actually given to us as a recharge day by the studio that I work for. And I took full advantage and I recharged at the gym just now, had my protein shake that my trainer, you know, sent to me to make because I've hired my fabulous trainer that got me into shape for my wedding, got me into shape for my single years. It seems like every four years I need her back in my life. And she's actually in Singapore So we're doing everything remotely, and it's just amazing what you can do remotely in the world these days. And yeah, it's just crazy. And it's crazy that I can come to you from my bedroom and I can talk straight to you. And I don't know what you're doing while you're listening to me, but you're listening to me somewhere out there in the world, doing your thing, living your life, and you're listening to me. And I thank you for that. I really appreciate everybody that listens to this podcast and... All of the feedback I've been getting, um, the stories that people share with me, they really mean a lot to me. I just want to let you guys know that because that's why I'm doing this. Some people ask me, well, isn't it healing for you to do the podcast? And yeah, but that sounds kind of selfish. Like if I was just doing it to heal myself, I don't know if I would put all this work, (laughs) frankly, into the podcast and the Instagram account and the Facebook page and you know, everything, if I was just doing it for me. Um, I'm not. I'm doing it to spread awareness about postpartum perinatal mood disorders, postpartum depression, anxiety, and OCD, and tell my story and hopefully help people. So when I hear back that I am helping someone, it means so much to me. So thank you. And please, you know, continue to share this podcast with anybody that you think could use it, anybody that's struggling Um, and needs somebody to relate to and needs to feel like they're not alone. Um, Today I'm really excited because I don't have to talk about like sad things (laughs) because the last episode I talked about how I came out of my postpartum with the Lexapro and the, um, the therapy that I was getting in the program I was attending and I got better. And so we, we talked about that. And so what I want to talk about today is something that affected me then and still affects me now and undoubtedly affects anybody that has anxiety. Um, and that is when you feel better, you, you tend to overdo it. You tend to do all the things because when you don't feel good, like maybe you don't have an appetite and you don't really want to see your friends and you just kind of want to hide away and you're just researching your condition maybe and you're just sitting on the couch watching television hoping that'll distract you and you're just waiting to feel better and you're talking to doctors and you're talking to therapists and you're talking to close friends and family about your anxiety because that's all that you can talk about and it's just kind of miserable you know it's 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 really miserable at times so when you feel better and i always say the sun comes out the birds chirp you feel amazing and you want to like run the marathon of all the things. 
You know, I can't name what all of those things are for you. But for me, when I got better, I decided to do everything and it wasn't the best idea. You know, I, um, I think back in the fall and winter of 2020, going into 2021 was feeling amazing. And I was like, I beat postpartum. I beat that anxiety, you know, episode. I can put it behind me. I will never have to deal with it again. It's in my past. It's like I put it in the trunk of my car and I slammed it shut and it's done. And that's how I felt. Obviously, you know, when you go through a trauma like postpartum, like I did, especially how bad mine was, where I actually ended up in an IOP and, you know, on medication and in therapy, you know, that's pretty serious. And I'm not afraid to say that, you know, I was a serious case. And you don't just wake up one morning better, you know, but with the medication, which is the wonderful thing about it is you can wake up one morning feeling like you're better, but you're not. And that's the thing that I want to talk about today is just always being conscious of the fact that you do have anxiety, if you do have anxiety out there, and that you do have to have limits and you have to acknowledge your boundaries and you can't overdo it. And I overdid it. I had this thing on my bucket list, the first thing I did um, I did like two or three, four big things during the time that I felt better. And I just piled everything onto my plate. I just wanted my full plate. And I was like, Lagaya, the overachiever again. And here we go. And so I contacted my friend who's a general manager of a well-known newspaper. And I had this bucket list item that, you know, since I went to journalism school and or communication school and took journalism classes at um USC and uh, Berkeley, I wanted to write an article for a newspaper and I wanted it to be published. I just wanted to see my name in print in a newspaper and I wanted to see if I could write well enough to get published. So I contacted him. He's not a friend. He's an acquaintance. I met him at Politicon a couple years ago. Um, but I did, you know, work with him on a few projects and he, I hadn't spoken to him in a couple years, but I said, hey, I'm, I want to write something. I want to try writing. Do you need writers in LA about anything, you know, about politics, about current events, about, you know, you want me to cover an event? Do you want me anything? Even though I had just had a baby and I was on maternity leave. And by the way, I took an extra month of maternity leave to bond with my baby. And I, here I am asking for work, right? (laughs) So I asked for it and I got it. And what it was, was a, a piece to interview a celebrity hairstylist very well-known celebrity hairstylists who had their business closed multiple times because of COVID and fought the COVID restrictions. And so I did the interview and I remember being on the phone with him and Maddie was in, um, I don't, I don't remember what, what do you call them? The, the, the little seats that rock back and forth, you know, she was in her little baby chair And I was rocking her with my foot and I was typing and I had the phone, you know, up against my ear and I'm just like classic, you know, working mom typing and trying to do this interview to write this article while I'm supposed to be bonding with my baby, but I'm not bonding because I'm trying to 
for some reason, check something off my bucket list because my anxiety is better and I want to just do stuff. So I did that. And one cool thing about that project was, and it did get published, um, is that William got published too because he took the photos. He has a professional camera and he takes photos, you know, it's like a hobby on the side and he takes really good pictures. So um, my friend said, why don't you go ahead and just head down to the salon on the weekend and take pictures. So we took Maddie to the salon in the morning and the salon was like still closed and it was a secret that it was open and people were going to it and it was like boarded up in the front, but then in the back people were coming in and they were working. It was like very scandalous and I loved it. But, um, you know, so we go and, and I continue to interview him a little bit while William's taking pictures and Maddie's in her stroller, like with us as we're doing this which would be normal and okay if I was like not on maternity leave trying to bond with my child <laughs> after traumatic event. But this was like, yeah, during my maternity leave, I have my baby, I'm taking her with me to this interview. <laughs> so it worked out. I mean, I got published. It was very cool. I, um, they asked me if I wanted to write again. And I wasn't that interested. I really just wanted to do that one article for them and just see if I could write well enough to get published. So I didn't do any more articles at that time because I did think that would be too much, right? So I was like, okay, I'm not going to do that. Um, but what I did do was start getting interested in moving away from Los Angeles and back to Orange County because we were working remotely and our neighborhood, which is a really good neighborhood in Westwood, Century City, was getting to be, you know, more dangerous. There was a lot of crime and break-ins and homelessness. And at one point, I was walking Maddie in the stroller, and I was exposed to by a homeless man. And that was it. I was like, William, this apartment is tiny. This neighborhood is going down the drain. Let's consider moving. And there's like a list of things that it's like a general list of things that's out there that cause anxiety for people. I think it's like the fear of death, public speaking, um, moving a new job. So moving is pretty high up there on what causes anxiety. So after I write my article while I'm on my maternity leave bonding with my baby, not bonding, I decide to take up Redfin being a Redfin stalker and trying to find a house in Orange County that's, well, I guess it's Zillow. It's Zillow because we were going to rent. We didn't want to buy because the market was just crazy at that time. And we just wanted to try living in Orange County in case we wanted to come back to LA once remote work ended. So I'm looking for rentals on like all the rental lists and this takes up a lot of time, you know, and when I find one, we drive down on the weekend and we go look at the house and or houses and it didn't take us long. We found one in Orange County that we really like. It's the house we're in right now. It's it's a it's a great house. It's perfect for us. And um, so we arranged to move. And so that's a huge thing, you know, moving. And we had already moved during my pregnancy from one apartment to another apartment that was more secure and had an elevator and was a little bit nicer for the baby. So we already went through it when I was about seven or eight months pregnant. And now we were realizing that that apartment was too small and our neighborhood was going down the drain. So we're moving again during my maternity leave. 
But actually, no, I correct myself. We moved after I had gone back to work. So I found this house. We went down and looked at it. We got the house and we started the procedure for moving and everything while I was back at work. But the thing that happened also that has to do with work is that I got a new job. And what was on that list that I said earlier of things that cause anxiety, moving and getting a new job. So I got this great new opportunity at a consulting firm, a very well-known consulting firm. And the opportunity had actually come up the year before, but then they had to shut it down because of COVID. And I was really bummed. And I really was, you know, excited to, to have the opportunity back again. And so what I did while I was bonding with my baby, not bonding on maternity leave was I reached out to the, uh, the principal that had interviewed me the year before and said, Hey, you know, I really enjoyed meeting you and your team. I would love to know if there are opportunities that come up now that, you know, things are opening up again, you know, keep me in mind. And that started the ball rolling and, and they, um, they hired me. So I found myself in like February, March, April of 2021 in the midst of a lot of change again. And like, you know, kind of still fresh off of the postpartum anxiety and OCD episode I had, I had just gotten through. So I had written the article, gotten it published, gone back to work, gotten a new job and was in the process of moving. Now, all I can tell you guys is that is too much. That was too much for me. And it was boiling underneath, you know, the surface, but I didn't know that. I was just going on. I wasn't really talking to anybody about my anxiety at that point. I mean, I was, I had a therapist, but I kind of picked the therapist haphazardly just to see somebody on a regular basis and have somebody to talk to. But I didn't think I was going to need critical care because I was feeling better. So that was another mistake I kind of made was, and I've always said, you need a good therapist who's going to stick with you through the goods and the bads of life and the thick and thin. And that had been Saul for me. But Saul had been, you know, just not present for this entire time. Well, I mean, he was present in the beginning of my anxiety, but then, you know, just wasn't present for the whole thing. And, and I didn't feel like calling him and asking him to be my therapist again. I just thought it's better for me to find a new therapist. And now I know that that transition from one therapist to another is, it's a big transition. It's another big change that like you go through if you're doing that, especially if you've been with your therapist like I had been for like 15 years, you know, and then I start talking to someone new who I don't really trust as much as I trusted Saul, who I don't think is as capable as Saul was, who I just don't really have as much faith in, but I'm just doing it to do it. So while I'm going through all these changes that I'm bringing on myself with like the move and the job change, I'm also talking to a therapist that isn't really helping me. And I'm not really helping myself because I'm not processing the anxiety anymore. I just put it away like it doesn't exist anymore. And it always exists. That's the thing. When you have generalized anxiety disorder, you have anxiety. On your best day, 
you have anxiety. It's just not activated on that day. Lucky for you, it's not activated. And it can be dormant for years at a time, like it was for me. So I thought I had gone into another phase where it's going to be dormant for years at a time. So I didn't need a good therapist, according to me. And I could take on all these new things because I could handle it, according to me. And it was the wrong thing to do. It was the wrong thing to do. And about, I don't know, I want, I should also mention that the company I worked for before I went to the consulting firm, I had worked for, for a total of 14 years. So (laughs) there's another huge change that like, I'm not considering, right. As I'm making these decisions. And so I have my zoom happy hour, goodbye with that company. And then boom, I start my new job the next week. I don't even think I took any time off. I just wanted to hit the ground running. And I found that it was very anticlimactic because hitting the ground running consisted of me sitting at my dining room table in our apartment that we were still packing up to move and being remote on Zoom with a new company, new people, people I didn't know, people who were, you know, going to question my skill set from the beginning. And, and at one point, somebody laughingly pointed out that I needed help with my PowerPoint skills during a meeting while I'm like trying to make PowerPoint changes live. And I was mortified because that's never happened to me before. It's not a big deal, but it just never happened to me before. So it affected me. And I was like, oh my God, you know, am I not making a good impression? I could tell myself now, like, just get over it. Take a deep breath, Lagaya, and don't worry about that person. But back then, you know, I had anxiety brewing under the surface because I was worried about all these new changes or the person inside of me that I wasn't acknowledging was worrying about all these changes and was experiencing all these changes and transitions and being like, whoa, Lagaya, this is a lot. But on the outside, I refused to acknowledge that or just even be self-aware about that. I just barreled ahead. And one day I was sitting in our apartment at our dining room table doing my work, which was, I still didn't know what I was supposed to do. And that had started to give me anxiety that I didn't really know what my role was because I had always known what my role was. Maybe I didn't always like it. Maybe I didn't, I wasn't always that busy or maybe I was way too busy, but I always knew what I was supposed to do at my old company. Now this is the first time in my life where I don't really know what I'm supposed to do and there's no one to really connect with except for on these Zoom meetings because we're not in an office together yet. We're still remote. And this is like a huge consulting firm. And there's all this training that I have to go through about privacy and securities and things that I never really had to do for my former company, my former studio that I worked for. It had just been a long time since I'd been a new employee. So it was just, it was different. And I had spent the month of January, you know, in the midst of all these other changes and activities that I was doing, taking care of Maddie. And I was successful. I took care of her every day. You know, William was in his office, totally consumed with work. So it was almost like I was alone with her all day, every day. 
and we were good. We were fine. And so I thought I had successfully bonded with my daughter, even though I was doing all these other things at the same time. You know, and I remember one time my mother-in-law came over for a few days just to visit and I had hired somebody to come cut my hair and my mother-in-law's there and the baby's there and she's taking care of the baby while William's in his office working and I've got somebody in the kitchen cutting my hair during COVID, which wasn't smart. And so it's like another thing that I like had to do. I just had to do it. I couldn't wait. You know, I had to have my hair done. So I didn't really spend that extra month that I took off that I intended to spend just bonding with my baby. I was sort of kidding myself when I told myself, oh, I did it. I, we spent our time together. We bonded. Because, you know, now that I know what that feels like, that bond, that feeling that everybody does talk about, that indescribable love that you have for your child, I didn't have it yet at that time. It's like hard to admit that, but I didn't have it yet at that time. And I was busying myself. I was too busy being busy to bond, you know, to just spend time looking into her eyes and, you know, holding her and playing with her and, you know, just all the things that you do as a mother that bond you to your child. I was busy writing articles, finding houses, getting a new job, getting my hair done, doing, you know, just lots of, just busy, busy, busy. And so back to what I was saying earlier, one day I was sitting um, at the table in our living room and I was anxious about work because I received that criticism about PowerPoint and I didn't quite know my role and I didn't know what I was supposed to do and everything was new and I like had this moment of realization that maybe I had made a mistake, that maybe I didn't want to leave my old job. And then it was almost like I realized everything, all the changes that I had brought on, and everything overwhelmed me at one moment. And I had a moment of panic that overcame me and turned into anxiety again after about four months of being well and being extremely busy in one moment. It was like my whole world collapsed in terms of my anxiety. Like my panic just enveloped me. And I started having intrusive thoughts again. And my anxiety was bad. And I had to call the doctor and ask, you know, I'm on my Lexapro. It's not working again. Like, is, are you serious? Is it actually pooping out again? What do I do? So... I'll get into that in a future episode. But what I want to leave you with is, you know, if you do have anxiety or just anyone in life, this life, this world is very busy and it's very easy to be on the go 24-7 if you want to be. But you shouldn't want to be. You know, those moments of stillness that afford you some peace where you can sit and just listen to the air. I mean, those are important moments. Those are moments I missed. I have like three books on mindfulness that I've never read. Like, because <laughs> I would need to sit still in order to read the books about sitting still. 
and I just don't operate that way. It's hard for me. I do other things. I do other things to, you know, be peaceful. I like today we're going to take Maddie to the beach and I'm going to lay on the beach in the sun and that should be very nice. And, you know, I, I appreciate moments now where I can be still and just like enjoy a good TV show or, you know, just lay on the couch and take a nap. I mean, I do that sometimes and I never used to do that. I started taking naps when I was pregnant. They're very useful, just like 20 to 30 minutes, you know, get comfy, put your timer on, fall asleep, you know, let yourself go. And so I do that sometimes. Um, just, you know, exercising is definitely meditation for me in a way. Um, so I exercise like five or, you know, probably four or five days a week, if not six days a week, especially right now, since I'm on a plan <laughs> and, you know, just finding time to connect with my husband in the evening when we talk to each other. And sometimes we have, you know, a glass of wine and we just sort of recount our days and just connect, you know, so I do other things, um, besides reading books, but I just would, would leave you with when you feel good, don't overcommit yourself. Don't overdo it. Don't think that the anxiety is just poof, gone. And it's never going to come back and you can just pile your plate high and handle the world and everything is going to be fine because that anxiety will come back. Especially if you expose yourself to a lot of changes. You know, a lot of big life changes. If you do that, I mean, there's, there's no doubt. You know, if you're an anxious person, you're going to have anxiety about those big life changes. And you're the one that's like bringing it on. So if you do do that, try to do that in a healthy way. Try to pace yourself. Try to, you know, not overcommit with your social schedule. Try to, you know, plan ahead with all of these new commitments that you've made to give yourself enough time to breathe and process in between and have those moments where you can sit down and just be because those are the moments that are going to save you. Those are the moments that are going to save you from the anxiety, the coping skills that you've developed, the things that you learn to do to cope with your anxiety, like the list that I just gave you, the things that I do, you know, napping, exercising, meditating. Um, well, I would say my exercise is my meditation, but you know, just connecting with my husband, connecting with my friends, just sitting on the couch and watching some good TV, you know, whatever it is for you, make sure you make time for that and don't overfill your plate because if you have anxiety, you have anxiety and it's always there. It's just about is it activated or is it dormant? If it's activated, to what level? You know, and that's kind of life when you have anxiety, unfortunately. And so you hope it's dormant. You know, you hope it does go away. But you can't, you kind of always have to be mindful about it. Because you, you have to just be self-aware and know that it could come back. So you don't want to do anything that's going to bring it on, on purpose. So 
again, give yourself grace. It's all about giving yourself grace. It's all about that. And I'm not good at it, frankly, but I am getting better. I'm getting a lot better at that. And giving yourself time to breathe and not overcommitting and not overdoing it. I can't say it enough. But I think I have said enough for today. Um, thank you for listening. And please, you know, subscribe to this podcast if you like it. Rate it, review it, share it with others as you have been. And I appreciate it. Um, follow me on Instagram. Lagaya means happiness. Um, I'm getting more funky with my reels and trying to show more of my personality and not be so like anxiety, depression, sad, sad things. <laughs> I want to spread awareness, but I also don't want to be sad all the time. Um, so yes, follow me on Instagram. I have a Facebook page. Look, I means happiness. I love hearing your stories. So always, you know, feel free to DM me my messages are open so you can do that and you can also email me if you want at lagaya means happiness at gmail.com so that is my podcast for today i hope everyone has a great rest of their day and thank you for listening i'll talk to you soon